Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Top Story, where we focus on the devastating earthquake that struck Morocco Friday night. Flags are at half mast across the country following the magnitude seven earthquake that hit south of Marrakesh. The number of people killed now tops 2,100 and expected to rise. It's the worst quake Morocco has seen in over six decades. First responders are racing against the clock to rescue those still trapped in the rubble. The international community is also extending a helping hand. We will first look at the latest situation from Marrakesh near the epicenter. Shamim Chaudhary with the Associated Press has more. Ruler of uh, Morocco, King Mohammed VI, has uh, enlisted the help of the military in this uh, rescue operation. It's a very specific, specialized uh, operation that he has formulated, and it's uh, it's military operations from both the air and the land. Now, the epicenter of this earthquake is around was around 72 kilometers southwest of Marrakesh, where we are. It was in the high Atlas Mountains, very Remote area, lots of small villages scattered around there. Very hard to get to.、Uh, we are being told that entire villages have been devastated.、Uh, we are even being told about mass graves, people losing entire family members. Really, a scene of real tragedy and devastation. The rescue operation itself、um, is proving to be extremely arduous. In the main, because it's just so difficult to access、uh, some of these areas.、Uh, here in Marrakesh, we have seen people、uh, spending the night in parks, in、uh, squares, even along the、uh, along some of the major roads here.、Uh, as we were coming from the airport, we saw loads of tents、um, had been put up, and people were just、uh, sitting around and were hoping to pass the night there. There have been several aftershocks, which is to be expected. The most recent one was 3.9. On the Richter scale, and a lot of the people are just very afraid that when they go back into their buildings,、uh, and some of these buildings are very tall and lean, they're very concerned that those buildings will collapse. Actually, many countries offered assistance, both financial assistance and humanitarian aid. Immediately after the earthquake happened, including the G20、uh, countries. Now, Morocco.、Uh, there was a bit of a delay before Morocco responded to those offers of assistance, and the official line is that they were so concerned with trying to get things moving, they were preoccupied with、uh, the aftermath of the earthquake that they weren't able to respond adequately to international help. Now that seems to have changed. Now we know that Spain.、Uh, we know that Morocco has accepted help from Spain from. The UK, from Qatar, and from the UAE, other nations are waiting, poised to assist in any way they can, including、uh, and also international bodies as well. The UN said that it will provide any assistance that it can. That was Shamim Chaudhary on the latest in Morocco. An aftershock on Sunday complicated the already tense rescue operations, making it hard for rescuers to reach mountainous areas. China is among the countries offering aid as Morocco's government begins accepting international support. 
Alex Kadia reports from Marrakesh. International help and resources being offered at the moment. Some of them are being accepted by the Moroccan government, even uh, with countries like Israel or Algeria that have had complicated diplomatic relationships with Morocco. That has been put to one side. Uh, Algeria uh, broke diplomatic relations two years ago. Well, they've opened their airspace to humanitarian convoys and are offering help as well. I'm just outside of the blood donation center for the Mohammed VI hospital, one of the main hospitals in the city. And actually, the officials here have told me that they have had to stop allowing people in because people have been donating blood without fail uh, uh, non-stop for almost two days now. But about an hour and a half away from uh, where we're standing now, uh, an hour and a half south of where we are, the Atlas Mountains, those remote areas, that is proving still very challenging. There are still some areas that haven't been accessed. Helicopters have started making their way up to those very remote areas. Uh, just to give you another picture, during the day, the heat is really still quite intense, 38 degrees. Now, if you're working in the mountains in big equipment, these rescuers really are uh, working incredibly hard to get people out. That was Alex Cardier. The Moroccan government has announced a special fund to cope with the effects of the earthquake. As Edmund Chiawachi reports, many survivors are struggling to return to their normal lives. An elderly resident made her way out of the rubble. She fell on the ground, so I rushed to this scene, offering help and attempting to comfort this earthquake survivor who could not recognize her street. Give me a hand. Let me help you. Don't worry. I'm here now. I will take you to a safe place. Come on, let's stand up together. I'm like your son. Where's your house? What happened to your house? My house was here, but I don't see it now. It was destroyed by the earthquake. I came back to take some personal items, but I forgot where I was. I can't go back now, can't even walk. I fled at the right time before it was too late. Thank you so much for your kindness and your help. Moroccan authorities have stepped up efforts by using heavy equipment to clean up the area. Hundreds of people were deployed. Some houses and the tightly packed streets collapsed. Residents used their hands to remove debris. But many homes are significantly damaged and will not be habitable after the earthquake. Hatem Rashid is 56. He was born and raised in his grandfather's house which was built in 1943. This dwelling place was devastated in less than two minutes. The powerful earthquake struck at around 11.11 p.m. This is a tragedy and a natural catastrophe. Most of the people in the old city were sleeping at home. We woke up and fled to save ourselves. We were lucky to reach the street before the buildings collapsed. This house is now dangerous. It could collapse at any time. We lost the house, but we are alive. That's the most important thing. The poor man cannot pay for expensive and unexpected repairs. He's asking for support from the authorities in Marrakesh, the government in Rabat, and local NGOs in order to rebuild this tiny family home. I hope the authorities will repair or rebuild all the damaged houses. Now my family must leave, but we have nowhere to go. Jamal Lifne is one of the busiest squares on the African continent. Many Moroccans run to this area as the earthquake toppled buildings and sent trouble onto the streets. That was Adnan Shawachi reporting. Shocked residents are scrambling to find food and shelter and a word from loved ones. We spoke to several Marrakesh residents. 
The earthquake struck at around 11.30 p.m. I was in another neighborhood nearby. It was dangerous and the people were in shock. This is hard to believe as Marrakesh has never experienced anything like this before. Our community has been deeply affected, both emotionally and financially, with widespread damage to our homes. I live on Mela Street in Medina, the old city of Marrakesh. The earthquake struck around 11.30 p.m. At that time, I was out shopping near Jama Al Fina Square. I left my son and daughter at home. I was terrified when I saw the house is shaking violently, almost as if in a nightmare. I rushed back home, gathered our clothing and blankets, and prepared to sleep outside. Coffee shop owner Abdel Rahim says many businesses have suffered, and he hopes the authorities will respond to their appeal for help. I'm the owner of this small cafe that collapsed. I've been running it for 20 years. I have six children. This is the first time I felt this shock. At first, I heard a slight tremor and thought it was normal until the building started to collapse, and I heard my food and all the customers run away. There are those who have lost their business, which was their only means of subsistence. There are many of them. What's more dangerous is the death of eight people in this building. We are shocked. We hope those responsible will understand our situation. Morocco residents mourning the loss of lives and trying to recover from the disaster. On the streets of Marrakesh, thousands of people have turned up to donate blood at transfusion centers in the city, hoping to help those injured in the earthquake. One of the centers in the city has received at least 800 donors. We came here to help those people who suffered from the earthquake. After this disaster, we have to help those people, and we have to help each other. The least we could help with is giving our blood to those who need it. We saw on the news that they need donation for blood, and I even think twice. We just run to here because it's one of、uh, the main thing that as a citizen is to help each other, especially like on conditions where there's people who are dying. Tourists visiting Marrakesh are also giving blood. Among them is Penelope Marks from Scotland. We are here today because we were staying in the Medina in the old town, and my daughter and I are here for a few days holiday. We love Marrakesh, and we saw on the the telephone, the the YouTube or the news, the news channel that、um, they, there was an appeal for blood. We both give blood in our home. Places and so we are here to give blood. Blood donation centers in cities such as Casablanca, Rabat, and Tangier have also received donations. International teams are joining the search and rescue efforts in Morocco. David Whitewick is the CEO of the medical aid charity UK Med. His team of aid workers is en route to Morocco to help with search and rescue operations. We've frankly just wrapped up work in Turkey after the Turkey earthquake just a couple of months ago. So it's a team that's very familiar with this kind of context. I think we're seeing an earthquake on a obviously on a lesser scale than than earlier this year, but still the the complexity, the challenge of reaching isolated areas in the mountains、um, where roads and infrastructure have been have been destroyed is that will be a real challenge for everybody. Plus, of course, aftershocks and finding.、Um, Right places to live, and then dealing with providing essential services to people.
but the complexity is the element that has to be emphasized. Almost everything comes down to big logistics at the end of the day, moving people and stuff from A to B. And that, of course, is a major challenge in any earthquake, but in one which involves remote regions and dispersed populations and small villages in mountains with poor roads at the best of times, um, that then makes it really complicated. So in terms of comparisons, if people are looking for one, the sort of Nepal earthquake in 2015 or so is probably something similar where we had to work in, a, in very remote areas um, accessing populations and it, uh, you know which took quite some time really so the military had to clear roads or there was access only by helicopter or, or something else I imagine for this region as it's slightly smaller that will be a quicker process but still it's that complexity that makes it challenging so the the immediate focus is going to be on search and rescue um, understandably then straight after that, and by straight after that, there will be a lot of focus on shelter, on water and sanitation, because these are the big issues that are going to affect virtually everybody. Um, food provision. And of course, healthcare underpins all of that. So healthcare is an essential element in, in any humanitarian response. And of course, it's all going to depend on how many health facilities are still functioning. Uh, how many are partially destroyed, where the medical staff are themselves, because of course many of them will have been displaced or be looking after relatives. So it really does come down to uh, a decent assessment and talking to the authorities on the ground as to where we can best position ourselves and how we can best support them. That was David Whitewick, CEO of the medical aid charity UK Med. The earthquake in Morocco also came under the spotlight at the just-concluded G20 summit in India. CGTN spoke exclusively with UN spokesperson Stepan Dujaric in New Delhi, where he revealed more details about the UN's plans for disaster relief in Morocco. Well, first of all, I have to say we are devastated and saddened by the tragedy. The Secretary General very quickly transmitted his deep condolences and solidarity uh, to the King of Morocco and the people of Morocco. Uh, of course, we had a UN presence on the ground focused on, on development issues. They are now mobilized. Uh, they have requested a dispatch of a UN disaster assessment team, which is making its way there. We're now waiting for the government uh, to see see if they request international help and of course whatever they need, whatever they want, we will be there in solidarity with the people of Morocco and trying to help in any way we can. You know, I think uh, in the what we've seen and learned in the in the aftermath of these earthquakes is what needs with the immediate needs are obviously search and rescue. Uh, and then there's the whole rebuilding, the issue of housing people, you know, the houses have been destroyed. How do you deal with water system? How do you deal with schools, uh, health systems? Uh, right now, WHO, the World Health Organization, estimates about 300,000 people have been directly impacted in, in the greater Marrakesh area. So we're not only dealing with more than 2,000 people who have died, but all the survivors and the long-term tra trauma, the psychosocial assistance that people will need. These, uh, these uh, operations are long-term operations. That's UN spokesperson Stepan Dujeric. As rescue efforts continue, a Chinese expert says the most challenging work is in the country's rural areas. Our reporter Zhang Tao had an interview with Zhang Xiaodong, the deputy head of the Institute of Earthquake Forecasting of the China Earthquake Administration. The casualties from Friday's deadly earthquake in Morocco are the highest on record since 1960. 
Zhang Qian was traveling the country's port city, Agadir. The city was affected by the earthquake. When the earthquake struck, we definitely felt the tremors, and the whole building that I was in was trembling, and you can hear metals clanking,、um, and things were falling. However, we were able to evacuate the building pretty quickly onto an empty space、um, without my shoes, and、um, we returned to the building in, after about two hours、um, and decided to sleep in our rooms. I know that some people in this town、uh, decided to sleep outside or in their cars for one or two nights, but things have returned more or less to normal. Zhang Xiaodong is the deputy head of the Institute of Earthquake Forecasting of the China Earthquake Administration. 它这个伤亡原因，嗯，就是最主要、最主要的还是它那儿的结构。The main reason for the heavy losses is the poor construction quality in the region. The buildings there are unable to withstand strong earthquakes. Many of the houses in the region are constructed using bricks and mud, without any concrete or iron commonly found in urban cities. The Moroccan government has been mobilizing resources to provide relief and assistance to the victims, involving the military and many NGOs. The World Health Organization says the earthquake is expected to affect the lives of more than 300,000 people in Marrakech and its suburbs. John says the rescue work may face many difficulties as most of the damage is in rural areas. Professional rescue teams have a range of specialized rescue techniques. However, in the countryside, transportation is not easily accessible. It takes a long time for rescue forces to arrive. Time is of utmost importance, especially for post-quick rescue efforts. The expert also warns that aftershocks often get in the way. Though many buildings haven't collapsed, they've already suffered damage. It would be very dangerous if they encounter an aftershock or multiple aftershocks. Authorities should keep monitoring the situation and analyze the earthquake sequence, which is still very useful to reduce potential losses. The worst earthquake in Morocco happened in 1960, devastating the southern Atlantic city of Agadir and killing 12,000 people. In 2004, a 6.5 magnitude tremor struck the Mediterranean port city of Al Hosaima, claiming over 600 lives. That was Chantal reporting, and that's all for this special edition of the Top Story, where we focused on the deadly earthquake in Morocco. For the latest developments and other news-making headlines of your day, subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine podcast. I'm Chi Zhi. Thank you for being with us.